Consumer Watch with Wendy Nola. Thursdays at 8.40. Hello, Wendy lady. Hello, Darren. Before I even get into today's Consumer Watch, uh-huh. quickly tell me what has been asked and answered and is already available on the Consumer Watch page on the website ecr.co.za. Absolutely the most asked question is, I couldn't take my trip or I couldn't get married or I couldn't attend that conference because lockdown and they're not giving me a refund. They want me to postpone or accept a voucher what are my rights that is by far the most asked question that i'm getting still well then i think we should circle back to that one because what i want to ask you today is right Mm. first-hand experience i know last week we spoke about oh okay i need to get my washing machine fixed because it broke but hang on a second what if yeah what if i you know like you have a warranty and your warranty expires during the six-week lockdown what's the yes what's the deal there okay well so many people are asking that question of the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud that she issued a advisory on this yesterday. And that is to say, technically, if your warranty expires during lockdown, you know, they don't, sorry for you, come May, sorry, your warranty's expired. If you present a broken appliance, they can technically say sorry for you. But the Ombud is saying this is unprecedented, this mm. pandemic And while we understand that none of the parties are at fault, we are asking our suppliers to please treat their customers well, honor those warranties. So it's not just the warranty, it's the the number one warranty, which is the first six months of a product's life. If you bought it or was serviced, something goes wrong, it's defective or not fit for purpose, um, you get to choose between a refund, a repair and or a replacement, right? And what the Ombud doesn't want to see is if if that um, warranty is expired by the time we get out of lockdown and can actually interact with each other as business and consumers that they say, sorry, you've lost out. So she's saying, you know, please honor those warranties. And then the other warranties as well, the ones that kick in, the voluntary ones from month seven, where they get to decide what the remedy is and normally it's a repair, please honor that as well. Because, um, you know, your consumers are going to remember how you treated them in in lockdown and best you treat them well. So that's essentially the story there. And it'll be very interesting for me in particular to see how that pans out from May 1 or whenever it is that we, we come out of lockdown. I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, I've actually started a little journal. It's called my long memory journal. And I'm watching all... <laughs> Good one. I am. I've, I've, because I've forgotten. I, I've thought to myself, oh, I'll remember this transgressor or this person that flouted the laws. And that. no, no, we will remember the companies that helped, the institutions that got on board, the, the, the people that understood what was going on. And come post dust has settled and uh, the reckoning, then um, uh, yep. they will, they, then a lot of people will... will we should at that time remember who were the good guys in this fight and who were and the who bad were. guys. And, As yeah. the Umbud puts it, I found her exact words. She says to suppliers, please, I'm urging you, take a humane and reasonable approach. And those are words that would apply to all of us in this extraordinary situation, I think, whether we're consumers or, or suppliers. So that's that. So essentially so nothing has changed in the consumer, um, the regulations, so to speak. However, the Ombudsman has uh, given advice. It's only fair. if you're, It's not your fault that your warranty expired during the lockdown period. I mean, I would take a very dim view of any supplier, any company that said, sorry, you lost out. I mean, mm. I would go very big with that story. So we are watching. Well, so in the wow, there's there's a there's a there's a threat right there. Wendy Nola is watching you. <laughs> Consumer watch, hello. <laughs>
Consume all watches watching you. I do want to talk about this one an update on uh, uh, what happens with cancellations, travel cancellations, holiday cancellations, event cancellations. You say something's changed. Yes, mainly to do with travel flights and holiday bookings. That's it's a huge area and it's, it's a fast moving story. And I will bring you the latest in just a little bit. Oh, there's the famous Wendy Nola Consumer Watch cliffhanger. More on that when we come back. Welcome back. It's Consumer Watch. Hello. With Wendy Nola. Now, Wendy. Wendy I have Wendy. an Australian <laughs> friend who calls me that, Wendy. <laughs> Australia, that's that place we won't be flying to for a while yet. Uh, Talking about flights. Else? Look yes. at that tentative okay. segue there. All right. So, for quite a while, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, Mahat and Patlele, who's been working incredibly hard through this period, mm. she said, look, normally if you can't take your flight because it didn't take off because of uh, whatever reason, nothing to do with you, you would be entitled to a full refund because it's not your fault but it's not the airline's fault either this is unprecedented so try and be fair if you can possibly accept a postponed flight or a voucher from the airline or from the travel agent or whatever please do that in order to prevent industries falling to their knees right going out of business that's not good for any of us but if it's not possible for you to postpone the, the flight or whatever if it's absolutely not possible then legally they must give your refund but two things which have come to light recently the one is all the airlines domestic and international are just doing their own thing they are saying they are not offering anything but a voucher or a postponed flight they are just absolutely refusing to refund at all whereas in the early weeks they were now there are no refunds and it's causing huge drama with consumers and the travel agencies that sit in the middle so it's not legal but how do thousands of people contest this I'd be interesting to see how it happens i mean i had a man write to me today he spent thirty thousand rand on flats mm. and he his business is since battling and he doesn't see mm-hmm. a, an opportunity in the next while to take that holiday because it's not just the flats as we know it's everything else that goes with it with it the rand is tumbling and he wants his money back he needs his money now and he's not getting it so this is a i have no solution here i can tell you what the ombud says and i can tell you what's happening in reality but that is it's a discussion point that is the reality of what's happening two other things mm. the ombud says if a voucher is issued if you're taking a voucher instead of a full refund which you're legally entitled to this is if the cancellation is through absolutely no fault or choice of your own that voucher must be valid for three years Mm. which is what the cpa says and the vouchers well at the six months one seem to be fallen away we're now most uh, are saying you must uh, redeem within a year some like mango Mm. believe have said 24 months but actually legally it's three years and i don't know that anyone's doing that so that's going to be the next wave of problem and the other thing which the act precludes is if you have a prepaid voucher like the they can't when you redeem it say okay now our prices have gone up you have to pay more and the ombud is saying if that's what's happening they're going to have to look at the agreement that that uh, the contract that they're relying on to put the price up and then decide whether it is an unfair contract term or not in terms of the act so i just think it's interesting for for consumers to know what the ombudsman um feels is is the legal position what they're entitled to Mm. voucher must be valid for three years and they mustn't put up the price when when they redeem it just so that consumers know what their rights are and then can negotiate appropriately but as i say difficult situation darren when you're up against Mm. an entire industry that has chosen to do something else that is not entirely consumer friendly we understand they're on their knees but you know where does the consumer right um, fit into that 
So it's just a boiling issue at the moment and mm. I can just see you know, a lot of drama down the line. Now, Wendy, this is an issue of mine. I was supposed to fly in June. I'm fine. I've accepted um, um, a voucher. However, I don't see myself making that flight within a year. I certainly need to um, uh, save up a lot more money. Maybe the RAND is not, uh, not going to get me very far. So I would want to extend it to a year. If my airline has, uh, has only given me a voucher for a year and I want it for yeah. two or three years, how, how do I go about getting that corrected well you you ask your friend wendy nola to send mm. that um <laughs> travel agency or airline a an, an email and um if i have the capacity i do that otherwise the consumer uh, goods and services ombudsman has been very proactive in saying whether you're mm. a supplier or a consumer we are making ourselves available through their online portals to advise and, and, and help because each case has got, you know, slight peculiarities. So, mm. so there is that and we'll put the contact details on the blog. But um, I, I do think, you know, it, it's, it's important to know what the, as I say, what the Ombuds position is valid for at least three years and they can't mm. come to you and say, now that you are finally taking the trip that you couldn't then and you'd fully paid for it, you mustn't be expected to pay more. But if you think of it from the airline's point of view or the travel industry as a whole, their costs will have gone up if you only, if you only redeem three years from now. You know, mm. is it fair to expect it at the same price? I mean, it's an impossible situation, Darren. But mm. as I say, mm. our job is to air the issues, to say here are the problems and the inconsistencies yeah that people know what they're dealing with. I'm going to throw you a question which uh, you might not be prepared for, but I know it's lastminute.com and everything's moving so fast and you've already used the words unprecedented. Um, our <laughs> Minister of Finance, uh, Tito Mboweni, has gotten together. He's not a big fan of the International Monetary Fund, so he doesn't want the restrictions that they come with. So they're coming up for a, a plan that's, that suits just South Africa. It has been suggested that part of that plan is to just allow SAA to go wheels up. And and if that happens, what happens in, th in this case where people have got vouchers for flights on an airline that is bankrupt or has been allowed well, to be liquid? Yes. So this is, wouldn't have been the first time in South Africa that this has happened. I've probably in my time as a consumer journalist dealt with at least four cases nationwide, one time, Velvet Sky. And in that case, you better hope that you paid for your ticket with a credit card because mm. then that international protection called chargeback, which is offered by Visa and MasterCard via the issuing banks, comes into play. Um, and you are then able to get a refund that way. The only problem there is there are time limits. Each bank has their, is a different one. Um, mm. But if you, you know, if, if too long has passed since you paid for the ticket, um, you might be in a bit of trouble there. But it, it is a very effective form of protection. And one of the best reasons, if not the best reason, to pay by credit card because you do have that protection. If you do not get what you paid for, chargeback applies with certain terms and conditions such as the timing of it. Another question just jumped at me, and I know we are running out of time, but we did speak about warranties. You were talking about um, like home warranties for your fridge, your washing machine or laptop. I didn't even ask yes. you about ex uh, warranties on your car. What about your car warranties, your service, okay. your maintenance, all of that stuff? Yes, good question. I did do a piece on this recently. Um, because I started getting questions about it. So so all the manufacturers have committed to to some kind of help given the circumstances. So okay. they're not, if your warranty expired or your service plan 
or maintenance plan expired under warranty, they will um, mm. extend it for you. Because the, the other implication of that, Darren, is if you don't, if your car is under warranty and you don't meet mm. the servicing schedule, so mm. you you were supposed to get it done at a certain mileage or more, if you do low mileage it's at a certain time within a year, you, they could technically, legally, they'd be entitled to invalidate your entire warranty for the rest of its, whatever remains of it, which is potentially disastrous financially for a yeah. car owner. So they're all being very reasonable about it. Whatever car you drive and if this is your position, make contact with them and and um, I'm almost 100% certain that um, they will have made a plan for you or they will make a plan as soon as you can come out of lockdown. I think they're going to be under tremendous pressure like a lot of service providers. Everybody's going mm. to be wanting to um, get their car done as soon as possible and they're going to have a six-week mm. backlog. But yeah. um, I, I, I very much doubt anyone will be prejudiced because of missing a, a deadline within lockdown. Again, know that Wendy Nolan and Consumer Watch are watching you, so you don't want to get on the wrong side of that. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Darren. I, um, I just had a puff. <laughs> Right. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but I could have. I could, in that time, I could have had a cigarette if I had them, but I don't. And so many people don't have their cigarettes and their alcohol. Well, I know. We've been told uh, Becky Taylor has not been, um, he hasn't been on a charm offensive as far as this is concerned. He's been quite draconian. And, and there's, yes. there's a massive fight that's happening in the country right now. From a consumer watch point of view, what can you give me? Okay, my take. I completely get the, the ban on alcohol sales. Alcohol encourages a social partying which is not in keeping with the physical social distancing imperative mm. um, to flatten the curve and it also you know encourages irresponsible behavior so that's the last thing mm. we need now during lockdown I get it it's hard I've been yeah. affected it's but it is what it is I don't understand the ban on the sale of cigarettes because we don't need to party and smoke I'm a non-smoker I'm not a fan of the industry because of the health impact but I just don't see how uh, the, any justification for it in the context in the context of a lockdown. But let's leave the cigarettes. There is apparently going to be an announcement made by government around alcohol on Friday tomorrow. Um, but in the meantime, what I wanted to share is I received an interesting email from a professional brewer based in Cape Town. And he said, many people are trying to brew or distill their own tipple. I shudder at the thought. I'm lucky enough mm -hmm. to work in the industry, so I know what I'm doing but i feel sorry for those who are at best only going to get massive hangover hangovers from disappointing drinks and at worst end up in hospital or burn mm. their houses down and i was like wow okay so i went back to him and said please explain because i need to sh you know, what are, could you explain those dangers in more detail and unfortunately as often happens he didn't get back to me and i don't have a contact number so i asked uh, dr stephen hayward who's a research fellow at stellenbosch university's food science department and he's got a lot of fame recently um, for being heading up that project that turned bread scraps, food waste into alcohol and then made hand sanitizer uh, from it. And that story went worldwide because it's just such a lovely story. Being, you know, anti-food waste is such a huge thing around the world and, and needing more hand sanitizer. So I went to Stefan and I said, uh, please briefly explain the issues. I got a whole page, um, mm. but I'm going to distill it, get it, get it down <laughs> to, <laughs> down to just 
for those people and i don't know about you darren but i i have some very close people to me are, are experimenting with yeah. their own home brew it's i saw i saw someone on a whatsapp group saying where can i get 20 liter buckets and i'm pretty sure it's about that but um <laughs> so he's difference is home and also the fact that all the yeast in the retailers has that's gone. the other thing yes yeah. that's the other thing so home brewing is not that difficult to steer fun provided you have the correct equipment and apparatus and you know what you're doing and i think those two mm. things you know are often lacking no mm -hmm. human pathogens can survive in beer but wild yeasts and fungi can contaminate beer and wreck beer so good hygiene is important he says temperature control is also very important and critical for the yeast you're using using the wrong temperature can lead to unwanted flavor production but the dangerous part is that methanol in beer while it's not a problem in, in beer as the levels are usually very low higher levels mm. of methanol are produced in fermented fruit products and i have to say i know a few people experimenting with pineapple at this point he mm. says as with ethanol and other compounds um, it is concentrated during dis distillation methanol and other fusel alcohols have lower boiling points than ethanol and are usually in the first distillate fraction that is mentioned to. High levels of methanol can lead to blindness and when in larger amounts um, when they're ingested in larger amounts even death. Google it, it's a thing. Finally, if someone is going to distill alcohol from a fermented mixture it's important to have the correct apparatus and ensure that there is good ventilation so no small rooms, no pantries little dark cellars he says mm. alcohol vapors can accumulate which could cause an explosion so that's quite um, the worst case scenario. And obviously some people are going to be able to get the tipple going without any drama. But it's just important to know that this is a potentially dangerous endeavor. So mm. get clued up before you buy your apparatus and start. Because, you know, as I say, as he, to go back to, to the brewer's um, original advice, he says at best you're going to get really foul tasting um, booze that's going to give you a massive hangover. Mm. And at worst you can actually cause yourself... Um, um, and your home, some some really serious damage. Some serious damage. And the last time I checked, insurance doesn't pay out for exploding distilleries. No, I don't think that would go. That they would they would work. So so yeah, just be careful out there. You know, it's one thing to give all the advice and to warn people, but we know what happened during the pre the, the prohibition um, in uh, in the United States of America, and I'm sure people will continue. And and who knows, we might emerge out of this lockdown with a fantastic moonshine um, industry. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's done carefully. But yeah, I think. I think I'll just be waiting for the for the booze sales to commence again before I will not be resorting to any of that nonsense. Yeah. I can do with I'm also, not that desperate. Do you know what's tricky about it is that different it's it's the uncomfortable conversation that nobody wants to have, but different I'm trying to find the polite word, layers, the separate strata within our um within our society behave yep. differently and are in different environments when it comes to alcohol. And you can't say, you know, this group of people can have alcohol and this group of people can't. So the that is the thing, absolutely. So the person that likes half glass of wine at sunset um, yeah. must have the same rules as the as the person that abuses alcohol. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, and yeah. yeah, it's it's we all have our own relationship with alcohol, and we can't have a set of regulations that applies to ten different situations. Unfortunately, this is the way it is, and it's one of the, the, the unfortunate things about lockdown. But this too shall pass. Yeah, Wendy, thank you very much. And listen, if you want to get a hold of Wendy for any consumer issues, firstly, make sure she hasn't. Uh, they're not. They're not asked and answered. We have a lot of the stories already up on our website under consumer watch go to ecr.ca.za and if you do absolutely definitely have to get a hold of wendy nola you can do so on her facebook it's wendy nola consumer and there is an email option there thank you wendy thanks darren okay see you bye next bye. week love you bye love you. consumer watch with wendy nola